stopping us, ain't no topping us, they be watching us, we so prosperous, ain't no stopping us, ain't no topping us, they be watching us, we so prosperous. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, people. You're now tuned into CFRE 91.9 FM. It is your man, DM Cool. You're now tuned into Cool Radio. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody. That's right, people. Your ass better call somebody indeed because we are live on the airwaves of CFRE 91.9 FM and on the World Wide Web at CFREradio.com. And for the first time in a couple of months, we are starting at 8 p.m. once again. Boy, oh boy, does it feel good to start at the regular time and not 10 minutes after. No diss to the show that, that came before us, the Kev Show. Shout out to my man, Carl, and all the people on that show. I love y'all. I like to play because y'all already know what it is. But nonetheless... It feels very cozy. <laughs> and on that note, we have plenty of get plenty to get to tonight. The kiss that Drake and Madonna made. Um, allegations of Rihanna doing the Coco. Um, v Stiviano have to pay a large lump sum of X amount of dollars, which we will get into later. And of course, my main event of the evening, aka our special guest. Uh, she will be joining us later on in the broadcast. She goes by the name of Megan McPeak. She is Canada's first professional play-by-play commentator for professional basketball. We'll get into a lot of that. But before we do, y'all already know that I have to get into my weekly grievances, the stuff that, you know, just boils under my skin. Ladies and gentlemen, I affectionately call this Let That Ish Breathe. Let this bitch breathe. Yes, 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 yes. Say this time to Let That Ish Breathe indeed. First and foremost, I like to say that my skin is now breathing because I went through three weeks without having to go to the barbershop, and I was kind of looking like a black Grizzly Adams, so shout out to my man Jamar in the Urban Barbershop for cleaning me up. Um, very much well appreciated. I feel like myself again. Um, but that's not the thing that I'm here to talk about. What I'm here to talk about is a video that went viral last week, actually. I think it happened on Friday, actually. There was video footage of a young gentleman. I can't remember his name. Uh, but this happened in America. Of course, it happens in America. And basically what happened was he was playing a little game of pickup uh, with a couple of police officers. So he decided to get cute with them, you know, give them the, the Steph Curry to uh, Chris Paul treatment, have them drop me on their ankles and what have you. And you know what? It made for a good story. You know, cops in the neighborhood playing some ball with a couple of local kids. It was cool. Up until the kid decided that he wanted to make it go viral. So he posted that thing. And you know how social media these days, we eat it up in a heartbeat. And him feeling slighted and embarrassed, uh, he goes to, to the kid the next day and actually detains him. Now, he detains him because he's told him that he suspected that some of his friends matched the description of an assailant that they were trying to capture. And they wanted to take him in for questioning. Oh, how coincidental that they wanted to do that right at the time that the video of him getting crossed up in his ankles blew up. Oh, oh, we totally didn't see that coming. No, not at all. Of course not. But my thing is, if you had an issue with the person's friend, why didn't you detain him and have him come in for questioning instead of the young man who dizzied you up like it was, MJ, like it was Iverson versus MJ back in 1996? Oh, I guess you didn't think about that part, did you? Of course not. Oh, man. I tell you, cops in America these days, they do not surprise me at all one bit. They disappoint me, but they don't surprise me. I will say this, however. This one kind of shocked me, not because of what he did, but I think because of the level of pettiness 
that went to what he did. It was unnecessary. It was uncalled for. The guys just wanted to have a good game of fun. You could have just brushed it off to the side, but no. You had to prove all big and bad that you're a cop in the mean streets of America and then nothing gets by you because you're an American. America. Ah, I tell you these days, man. Cops have no chill zone whatsoever. But nonetheless, that was something that was just getting on my nerves. But anyways, um, when we come back, we have Megan McPeak in the building. We will be discussing ball and a whole lot of other things to come to in tonight's show. But before we go to the commercial break, last week uh, I was giving you guys my diatribe on the whole Kendrick Lamar situation about him marrying his high school sweetheart and the fact that people were getting mad because she was a light-skinned female. Now, last week I wanted to play the song Complexion, which a lot of you disgruntled black folks probably haven't listened to, and I wasn't able to do that due to technical difficulties. But... Your boy came through this time. I have the track. It is on the deck. We are playing it right now. If you haven't already heard it, listen to it, take it in, absorb the message, and let go of your inhibitions. This is your man, DM Koo. And we'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. You're now tuned into CFRE 91.9 FM. It is your man, DM Koo. And you are back on to Cool Radio. Now, as promised, people... My special guest for the evening has finally arrived. Um, ladies and gentlemen, you guys already know how big I am on, you know, people making their way, you know, through the trenches, so to speak, and overcoming the obstacles and defying the odds, what have you. And I always love to have those people on my show. And this person right here is no exception to that. Ladies and gentlemen, I am talking about a former collegiate basketball player who turned into Canada's very first play-by-play analyst for professional basketball in this country. It does not get more epic than that. Cue the fireworks and the streams and the confetti. It is a big deal in here. And I am so happy and honored at the same time to have this lovely, talented person sitting right across from me in the studio chair right now. And we are about to talk about my favorite things in life, basketball and hip-hop. Ladies and gentlemen, I am talking about the myth the legend, Megan McPeak. Megan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I, with that intro, I feel like you set the bar so high that I need to have like an MJ 50 game with blue and not disappoint all the listeners. But I, I, I appreciate all the accolades and all the, all the well wishes and the, the kind words. I'm more than happy to be here. <laughs> you know what? Like, I believe in you. I believe in you. Like, there's no pressure on you whatsoever. I know you can live up to the challenge. You're going to have like an MJ flu game, no sweat. But then he was sweating as well, too. But never mind that. <laughs> it's all good. But before we get into all that good stuff, I got to know from you from firsthand, when did you develop the Basketball Jones? Uh, I would, it, to be honest with you, I have to give it to my brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, my older brother, he's four years older than me. He started playing uh, when he was younger and then, of course, being the younger sibling. Being a little sister, I ended up turning into the tomboy because I wanted to do everything my brother did. Of so course, of course. I think I was probably maybe around uh, six or seven mm-hmm. when I started wanting to play and watch the game. Mm-hmm. And then it was uh, a friend of mine who I've known since junior kindergarten. Yeah. Uh, so we've known each other for 24 years now. From time, G. <laughs> <laughs> Going on 24 years. So she uh, she noticed that I was I was growing really quick. Yeah. Uh, I'm only five, six. Mm-hmm. Which is normal yeah. for a female, but when you're uh, like 10, 11, 12 years old and you're 5'6", you're huge. Yeah. So she was like, hey, do you want to come and try a basketball team? 
Mm -hmm. um, she was playing for a travel team, so I went and tried out. And uh, I didn't make the same team she did, yeah. but I made essentially it was a team. Yeah. You made a team, okay? A basketball team. And uh, now and you are color commentating for the Brampton A's, all right? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> all right. So, when you uh, took the radio broadcasting program at Humber College, um, was that like the turning point for you that made you say to yourself, I want a career in sports broadcasting? I think it was actually the, uh, the year before my mm -hmm. first year at Humber. I did a year originally at Fanshawe, and mm -hmm. then I transferred. And uh, my first year at Humber, I was in the FHP program, Fitness Health Promotion Program. And uh, from there, I decided grades weren't where they where I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And they, I was also risking the, uh, the chance of not being able to play basketball. Mm -hmm. So I was looking at possibly not being able to play the following season. Mm -hmm. So I had a conversation with my athletic director at the time, Fox, who uh, since retired. Mm -hmm. uh, and we decided that I, I it was it was it was coming down to radio broadcasting and then on the other end of the spectrum interior design okay <laughs> <laughs> i think i made the right decision i, I think you did too <laughs> um, but he we we sat down in his office one day and he was, we, we were toying with both he was like you know what megan you don't shut up so i think you should try radio and from there uh my grades went from being in the low 60s high 50s being able to just pass the program just pass my class Mm -hmm. uh, which at this time, going through all that, and now looking back, like, I'm not ashamed to say that like, I was on the road to failing mm -hmm. uh, to getting 70s, 80s, and 90s. So mm -hmm. to jump up that that much just by the, the choice of making a decision in your program, mm -hmm. and then going from there being the only uh, the only female who actually wanted to talk about sports in the program. Mm -hmm. So it was myself and like six other guys. Yeah. So I was the lone female, and then from there it was just how. How am I going to be able to stay in basketball? I knew that the WNBA was not an option. <laughs> and I knew that that playing in, in FIBA over in Europe was probably not an option for me. So I was trying to figure out how I was going to be able to stay mm -hmm. in the game of basketball. Yeah. Still follow my passion exactly. and, and stick with it. And I thought of literally first semester, I thought, well, I know the game. I can talk about, talk about it daily. Why don't I try exactly. doing this? It was, um, it was Paul Jones. Raptors radio announcer, and of course, Chuck Dorsey, former Raptors radio announcer, that I looked at them and, and listened to them talking out with the Bulls, and just was like, I can do this. Mm -hmm. I played. Mm -hmm. I know exactly how to explain things to people. Mm -hmm. I can do this. And it was funny, like, uh, I, I sat down with the AD and then, of course, the lead of the program at the time with Jared Tillman, and I was like, I want to call games mm -hmm. for Humber. Mm -hmm. They looked at me like, you play. How are you going to do that? Yeah. I, I do men's games. So I would play in my women's games at home, mm -hmm. run to the locker room, have our post game with, with uh, Coach Perrier, and then I would change really quickly, shower quick. I literally had 20 minutes mm -hmm. to have my post game, shower, change, and get back out to be the color commentator from the men's side. Mm -hmm. So that was my very first opportunity, and, and I'm thankful that they made the opportunity available to me, and I'm, I'm to be thankful basically until the day I die. Absolutely. So you're basically confessing on air right now that you are superwoman. <laughs> you're, you're letting us know that right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I got a superhero in the building right now. You already know. <laughs> All my, right. My, my, my costume is underneath my clothes. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Of course. You know, ladies and gentlemen, she has a gym bag in here as well, too. So 
I wouldn't put it past me if that were the case. I'm just saying. <laughs> now, when it's when it was all said and done for you as your education was concerned, like you were alluding to before, uh, you did become uh, the play-by-play commentator for uh, OCAA games and OUA games as well, too. And then, you know, you decided that, okay, your love for basketball is going to trans- not transcend beyond the court, but stay – but also stay within the core, but just in a different form, basically. So what can you say, you know, is different from playing the game as opposed to observing, observing the game as a play-by-play commentator? The hardest thing is for, for me, yeah. I, I can't speak for anyone, but for me, it's to not, when I'm on the mic, when yes. I've got my headset on and yeah. I'm in my zone, is when something's going on, yes. to not go into player mode. Yes. That's probably got to be the hardest thing for me because uh, all through when I was growing up, I was I was essentially like playing in the post. So I'm yeah. one of those few people that luckily that had the, had the luck to literally play. I've in my career, I have played all five positions. Oh, depending wow. on when it was in my in my age and and where I was in my career. So up until basically, I want to say grade, even in grade twelve, I was kind of playing like a small forward position with the high school team that I had. Mm-hmm. So then once I got to college, I had to move to the the two guard because mm-hmm. I was small mm-hmm. and then that was at Fanshawe then I get to Humber and I have to move to the point guard as well mm-hmm. as playing a back playing a backup point guard and two guard yeah but then in my last two seasons at Humber I was playing a point guard primarily mm-hmm. and then my final season I was able to go back to the two guard so yeah I've played all five positions at some point <laughs> um, so you're LeBron that's... James now is what you're telling me <laughs> I wouldn't go that far I wouldn't go that far either because you have a better hairline than him. Exactly. <laughs> but I think uh, for me, it's not going back into that point guard mindset mm-hmm. because when I when I call games, and, and that's, I think, what sets me apart from a lot of other color commentators or play-by-play announcers who are up and coming is the fact that I played the game and I played it up until college yeah but i played it at a point guard standpoint so you are essentially a head coach on the floor you're the quarterback on the floor you're the floor general and you're supposed to be able to see everything so like when i'm calling games i recognize that i'm going into point guard mode because i'm seeing things happen before that before it actually happens Mm -hmm. so for me it's to try and pull myself back out of point guard mode back out of player mode and remember i've got a headset on yes because when i was on the court everybody knows when you're on the court any anything that comes out of your mouth is like what what happens in vegas stays yeah, yeah, yeah. Stays on the court. So NSFW I have to remember that. people. NSFW. <laughs> I don't remember that. I have to be. A, I got a family friendly program. Yeah. And I can't say what I would actually be thinking, but that's probably got to be the most difficult. Exactly. I and I, I can imagine as well. Like there are times where like I'm watching, like let's say the Raptors, for example, on TV, and they and they do something stupid, or the ref misses a call uh, that should have gone to them, and I'm just like, what are you doing? What are you, you suck? What do you mean? You should get fired. Like, that, that's just me, you know, being yeah. fanatic or what have you. I try to keep it objective, but sometimes I just can't. <laughs> I can't myself. So I can only imagine what you go through being the professional in that position and what have you. But I totally get it from one basketball fan to another. <laughs> now, let's talk about the moments that changed your life. When you got that call and said, hey, we want you to be the play-by-play commentator for the Brampton A's. Thus, you becoming the first ever Canadian female to be a professional play-by-play announcer for professional basketball. What went through your mind when that happened? Honestly, like it was, it was a mix of excitement, 
I was a little angry because it took so long. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I'm not, no, like, I'm not even joking. Like, the, the interview process was about five months long. Oh, so man. So it was, it, I was angry at that because I was yeah. like, listen, come on. I got bills to come pay. OSAP is not going to pay itself. <laughs> I was like, so I was, it, the, the, the small bit of anger was like maybe 1%, but it was, I was happy. I was excited. Uh, and then it hit me that I was making history in, in the country. Mm-hmm. So that's when it kind of set in that I was like, whoa. It kind of took me back. Yeah. And I think it was the moment my dad, when I told my parents uh, that I got the job, mm-hmm. and my dad was like, you just made history. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, my dad's not, uh, like, my, my dad, when it, comes, when it comes to my dad, he's, he's a man of few words. Yeah. <laughs> so when he, was, when he looked at me and was like, you realize you just made history. Like, for him to say, to string along that whole sentence, yeah. it was like, it kind of hit me like, whoa. Like, drop the mic. Yeah. Kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, because normally it would be like, Congrats, like good yeah. job, mm-hmm. proud of you, like that, like very short, very yeah. sweet. But like when he was like, realize you just made it. Yeah, there's substance. Exactly. So then <laughs> he said that, and then hearing it again from my brother as well, and then yeah, uh, just know that the just knowing that when I got the call to come in, they told me in person, knowing that the 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 head coach, the owner, um, vice president, president, knowing that they were all behind me mm-hmm. and had my back the decisions that they were making and especially uh the the owner he like boundary is like that word owner which i want to explain to you i understand yeah um, james tipping when he when he took that chance on me he didn't have to mm-hmm. nobody had to take a chance on me. i'm a female mm-hmm. females don't usually do play by play so the fact that he one took a chance on someone he didn't know wasn't really familiar with mm-hmm. and happened to be female in a man in a, in a male dominated world mm-hmm. he didn't have to do that the moment he did that i recognized that i had somebody in my corner yeah who was willing to back me no matter what exactly come into this season i apparently did something right because i was able to do the second season for the team so true hoping i'll be able to do the third season and, and many more to come so mm-hmm. just the the fact that the rec- recognizing that i was making history in our country mm-hmm. was probably the best part of it mm-hmm. because there's not many people in the world that can say they made history. Mm-hmm. And just so you know, you do realize that they're going to bring back those Heritage Canada commercials <laughs> just for you. I'm just letting you know ahead of time. It may be a year or two from now, but they will dig those up in the crates. We're going we're gonna to try and get uh, Hillary Banks to reprise your role, you know, get the hair looking all right and what have you. It, it's going to happen, guaranteed. But no, that's, that's, it's definitely gratifying that. Of course, your family's always going to have your back no matter what, but the people around you, the people who employed you, the people who gave you their stamp of approval and gave others the stamp of approval, the co-sign, so to speak, and said, hey, this is our, our racehorse, so to speak. We're riding with this racehorse. Yeah. It's, it, ah, I, I can't even put it into words. It's, I, I'm sure you couldn't even put it into words when it first happened, so that's a great feeling to have. Yeah, that was, that was probably the hardest thing, putting it into words. Absolutely. I mean, they've been behind me, and, and the accolades and congrats the rest of the not only just the rest of the commentators in the league but yeah. the head coaches and mm-hmm. as well the league front office and what have you they've all had nice things to say about you. so it's it's one thing when it's your family it's that kind of thing well yeah. you're my family you kind of have to be behind exactly me. yeah <laughs> but then when you've got your your employers that are behind you but then also too you're garnering the respect and and the well wishes and congrats from other people within the league mm-hmm. that sort of takes it up a notch because you're you're recognizing that people are are seeing your work and they're mm-hmm. recognizing that you're doing your job at a professional level and they respect you for it and they think that you're doing a good job. 
Absolutely. It was fun. It definitely is. <laughs> now, for those who have never been to an NBL game before, what's the atmosphere like? It's fun. Really? <laughs> yeah, like it, that, it, to put it in one word, it's fun. Okay. Um, it's if you like the the excitement and the pace of the NBA, uh, it's it's like that, but it's faster because oh. there aren't uh, there aren't that many big men that mm-hmm. are seven foot. Yeah. Seven one. Like there's not. I think there might have been one guy, yeah. one or two in the league this season. But the thing is, is that they could get up and down the floor. Yeah. So it's a it's very much like. Uh, like FIBA, so it's where, small ball based. I'm thinking, yes and no. Okay. It's it's a very fast paced, and this is this is more or less speaking on on uh, on the A's fast paced running gun. Like mm-hmm. it's like FIBA where you're running all the time. It's yeah. not like the NBA where you take your time to slow it down. Yeah. Mind you, there are those instances in situations and in games that you're gonna slow it down. You're gonna yeah. late in tempo. the game, especially exactly. You're gonna do that, but for the majority of the game, it's much like a FIBA game that you'd be watching in Europe where you're always running. Getting to you're running the lanes, getting to the open corners, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of shots. You mm-hmm. don't see that many layups. You do see a lot of dunks. Mm-hmm. But again, from the A standpoint, we saw a lot of threes. <laughs> a lot of threes. I wow. think we averaged per game. We were averaging between twenty and thirty. My game. God, I thought the Raptors took enough threes. My dang, you guys no conscious from beyond the arc. No, and we sh- we shot it at a pretty decent percentage. I think we were shooting it in the high thirties low 40 percentages mm-hmm. so for the season when you're taking that many threes per game you can't, can't be unhappy wrong. with that can't go wrong you got some snipers on the team i like that now let me tell or let me ask you something rather um so we have and speaking of fiba actually european ball and what have you you have a lot of nba scouts that go over overseas to europe and they scout a lot of talents over there meanwhile canada which is like right beside them you know now that we have the nbl that's that's in full effect do you are you going to see more of an increase of NBA scouts going over to these NBA games and scouting talent, especially considering the fact that within the last five years we've had somewhat of a boom or a renaissance period within uh, key and basketball as far as guys like Wiggins and and uh, Olinda getting drafted uh, within the lottery. I would say yeah, as well to um, this past actually yesterday, uh, <laughs> this this week. Biosteel, you think about Biosteel? Bio yeah. I was I was fortunate enough to be part of that. Um, and work with it. There was over, I want to say, thirty plus NBA scouts and general managers, front office executives, very nice, um, that were in attendance at that game, simply due to the fact that, again, you mentioned it, the boom of NBA or Canadian NBA talent yeah. happening in the last five years. So I think that from that, you've got the high school kids coming up; they're getting looked. I can't see why you wouldn't have NBA scouts. Yeah. Coming in watching, even if it's just coming and watching for like one specific player. Yeah. That one specific player gets an NBA scout or GM or anybody from the league out. That then turns into the 10 guys on the floor are getting the, the look too because you never know who's going to have a game. Exactly. The guy that he's there to see might not have a good game, but he's still got nine other guys on that floor that he can look at and might go back home and be like, let me just take a look at this guy on the internet, see what mm-hmm. his, his stats are and whatnot. So I think definitely with, with, with the Bennett. And Wiggins back to back number one picks. Then you got a, a Linux going, Stauskas, um, Ennis, now as well too. Some of them playing in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Linux in the playoffs, Ennis in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Huh. So when you look at that, I definitely think that there's you're going to see a lot more players that are in the NBL mm-hmm. that could go and play in the league. Right now, there's probably I would say easily a handful, probably ten guys mm-hmm. that could play 
on an NBA team. Yeah. Even if it's just they get to go to mini training camp or training camp, they they are good enough to get the experience mm-hmm. and get the opportunity to maybe feel a, a, a 12 or 13 spot on the roster. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think that there's an increase and there's, there's going to be an increase in awareness in the coming years as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping so as well, too, because we're right beside them. They have to travel less, if anything. So they got to think about it from a pocket standpoint, right? Not as it, there's what, the, the longest jet leg is three hours? Yeah, like <laughs> boo-hoo, you know. But anyways, we're going to talk a little bit more about that later on in the show. And I can already sense we're going into the overtime edition, which I love to death, absolutely. But, you know, we got to play some games, you know. We love to play games around here, around Cool Radio, get the, get the audience enticed and what have you. We get to get a feel of what kind of personality the guest in question is working with. So uh, with that being said, are you ready to play the game? Sure. All right. Do this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. All right. So we got two games. So the first game, this one's made especially for you. This one is called Bring Your A Game. All right. <laughs> See how that works? All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we're going to test out your Toronto Raptors knowledge. Oh, good. Okay. I apologize to all Raptors fans. Uh oh, oh man. I'm a Bulls fan. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Like, let me ask you this actually. Are you a Kobe fan? No. That's all I needed to hear. Oh my God. Okay. I respect him as a player, yes. but I'm not a fan. Thank you. That's all I need to hear. That's all you need to hear. So hear all you Kobe stands? Yeah. My, I guess that's so, so, it's so bad because my, my, my friend TP's behavior. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? He's lame. He's lame. Great player, but he's lame. Anyways. Never, never mind that. It's more about the Raptors. Um, so I'm going to quiz you on some Raptors stuff, okay? okay. <laughs> so lucky for you, most of this is multiple choice. Okay. So you have a one in three <laughs> chance. One in dope pick three. <laughs> you know what? The joke is I did trivia about a couple weeks ago, and every answer was C. So I decided not to make that same error again. So you may have to mix it up a little bit. All right. All right. So with that being said, let's get started, shall we? In 2001... The Raptors made their first ever trip to the playoffs with the following win-loss record. Actually, sorry, pardon me, in 2000. It was in 2000 they made okay. their first ever playoff with, with the following record. Was it A, 48-34, and 34, B, 45-37, and 37, or C, 42-40? and 40? I'm going to go with B. You say B? Survey says... B is the correct answer. You are one for one. So, and I only thought about that because they just set a franchise record this year with There you so go. I figured they couldn't have just beat it by one. Take I don't want to sound petty, but they could just squeeze out one more when they made it 50. You know, know. like, I don't want to be petty. I'm just saying, though. I'm just saying. I know. Anyways, next question. Actually, this one isn't, tr- this one isn't uh, multiple choice. This one's true or false, All actually. Right. So you have a 50-50 chance. Okay. You never know. So anyways, <clears throat> True or false, in 2001, the Raptors defeated the Knicks in seven games. Why with false? You say false. Survey says... You are correct, madam. They actually defeated the Knicks in five games. They didn't have the seven-game format in the first round back in 2001. That got introduced into 2003. All right, you're two for two. So far, so good. Not too shabby, Miss Bulls fan. Uh, now, next question. This one kind of tugs at the heartstrings a little bit. In <laughs> <laughs> um, May 4th, 2001, Vince Carter scored a career-high 51 points against the Sixers and also tied a playoff for most threes in a game. How many did he make? Is it A, 
12, B, 10, or C, 9? I'm going to go with C. You're going to go with C? C is yeah. 9. You say C. Survey says... You are three for three. Talking about, I'm not, I'm not really a Raptors fan. I'm a Bulls fan. Sorry. <laughs> In advance, guy. I'm sorry. I might not be up to trying to psych me out. Are you a pool shark? <laughs> All right. You know what? Uh, I might have to spice things up a little bit with this last one right here. Huh, okay. And this one is not true or false, nor is it multiple choice. So I just got to know the answer. You got to know oh, it. Okay. You got to know it. In 2001, sorry, in the 2001 series versus the Knicks, two players on the Knicks were former Raptors. Who were they? The pressure is on. For some reason, the first one came that first one that came to mind was Oakley. Are you? Are you? Do you want to stick with that answer? Are you, Are you confident in that answer? Yeah. Okay. You say Oakley as one of the two players who were former Raptors. You still have another one to answer, mind you. Um, survey says, eh, you're wrong. <laughs> it is not Oakley. Oakley was on the Raptors at that time, actually. Okay. The irony behind that is he was traded to the Raptors for one of the players who was playing for the Licks at that time. So I just gave you somewhat of a clue right there. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Do you want to go with Billups? No. Okay, okay. Because I know he was playing for the Pistons at that time. Was he not? I don't think he in the He early may have been. In the early I know in 2000, the 2001-2002 season he was. I don't know if it was the 2000-2001 season. But anyways, that's another story for another I day. Can't, I, got, I got nothing. You got I nothing? Drew Blank. No, Drew Blank, nothing, Drew no Blank. lifeline? Okay. Would, you, would you like a clue at the very least? Possibly? Sure. I'll try it. Okay. If clue can help. You never know. It could. This former Raptor also played for the Indiana Pacers in the mid-90s alongside Reggie Miller. That was a big clue. I give you a big one. Mm-mm. Megan's looking shaky out here. All I can think of is Pacers. Is that your final answer? Yeah. You say Mark Jackson. Survey says <laughs> it was Mike Jackson. It was Mike Jackson, actually. He played for the Raptors in the 99-2000 season and actually got traded to the Knicks in the middle of the 2000-2001 season for Chris Childs, if I'm not mistaken. I don't even have that written down either. Right. I just, I'm a Raptors nerd for life, I swear <laughs> to God. All right. And the final game in this little, little trivia thing. Actually, this is not trivia. What am I talking about? This game right here is a mainstay on the network, and everybody plays this game, and I always love to hear people's answers on this one. This game is Every called... Se- oh, sorry. I, I, I let the cat out of the bag too early on that one. I got excited. Ladies and gentlemen, this game is called I'd Quit the Game. Now we can drop it. Every second, every minute, man, I swear that she can get it. All right. Now, in this, in this game, in an alternate universe, you are living the bachelorette life. You are living single like Sinclair. You are wheeling, dealing, kiss-stealing, jet-flying, limousine-riding, show-stopping, eye-popping, all that good stuff. However, there comes a point in everyone's life where you've got to quit the game. You've got to settle down, have you some nice kids, move into the, the white brick house <laughs> with, the, with the white picket fence, the tire swing, apple pie cooling on the windowsill, 
the Spud McKenzie looking dog, all that good stuff. If you were to quit the game for one of these two gentlemen that I have handpicked, who would it be? Now, I call this version the the NBA 90s edition of, okay. of I'd Quit the Game. Would you quit the game for Anthony Penny Hardway or a young Tracy McGrady? The choice is yours. My John, I don't know who girls find attractive these days, so it goes over my head. <laughs> to be honest, I don't find either of them attractive. Ooh, that's a burn. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Okay, then, you know what? <laughs> We're going to switch it up. I'm going to pull up random names out of my head, and hopefully we'll have an answer for this one. Would you, and it's not NBA-related at all. Would you quit the game for Morris Chestnut or Idris Elba? Oh, that's hard. You know, all, all that. I'm going to go with Idris Elba. There you go. My, my fellow Ghanaian. My fellow <laughs> Ghanaian. I love it. Why but Idris Elba? My, well, my. He's. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> but also, too, like my home, my home girl Audrey loves him. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, he's, he's just a, a yummy looking, yummy looking gentleman. Uh-huh. You can't go wrong. The smile, the eyes. Can't go wrong with it. You know what I feel like? I feel like. I mean, you can't go wrong with Morris Chestnut either, but. Sure. Idris Elba. I feel like Idris is like the new Denzel in a sense. Because I remember back in like the early 2000s, maybe the 90s, a lot of women were saying, mm, I want me a man like Denzel. <laughs> Nowadays, it's all about Idris. I don't know if it it's. Could, a- it could essentially be the replacement of Denzel and George Clooney. Could be. Because now that George Clooney's married, nobody mm-hmm. really really wants him. That's true. That's true. Because everyone still feels they have a chance and what have you. I get it. I get it. But nonetheless, it's not a bad choice. He, he's, he's a fellow African, so I can't get mad at that. <laughs> We're all winning. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're just tuning in, you are missing one doozy of a show. But if you're not, we still have roughly another half hour of the show left. We have Megan McPeak in the building, and we will be discussing hip-hop and all that good stuff on the Trick Talk segment next. But before we get to that... You already know we have some more Canadian content to get to. And also, uh, if you are in the downtown area, please make sure you check out the T-Dot Showcase. Sorry, the T-Dot Showdown, which is happening at 10 p.m. at Nocturnal Nightclub. My man Goliath Pot will be headlining the show as well, too. And also check out the showcase that is going down tonight in Toronto as well. Shout out to my homegirl, Donya Ali, who is organizing that event, as well as Freddie of Ready Rock Media. Uh, but nonetheless, this track right here is from my man Daniel, and it is called Cherry. So keep it locked. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're now tuned into CFRE 91.9 FM and also on the World Wide Web at CFREradio.com. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. I still have the lovely and talented Megan McPeak in the building. Say what's up to the people. What's going on, everybody? You already know what it <laughs> is. And it's that time of the show where we got to discuss a bevy of topics that happen in the world of hip-hop, pop culture. Ladies and gentlemen, you already know what it is. I am talking about Trip Talk. Three topics, but this time we're going to switch it up. We're going to add in the fourth topic because this fourth one in particular, I could not ignore, especially when it happened roughly a year ago as well. So on that note, let's get started. So my arch nemesis, Rihanna, uh, addressed <laughs> I swear to God, I hate her. <laughs> she addressed the rumors of her uh, allegedly doing cocaine backstage at the Coachella concert that happened or Coachella festival that happened this past weekend. So she responded in her bad gal re way, of course. And she said the following, and I quote, your lame ass got some effing nerve 
any fool could see that's a joint I'm basing with cigarettes. She actually used the word basing. I find that interesting. Um, who snorts tobacco? For which yo never been to a rodeo, so someone squeezing their nose means they're doing coke-looking ass. I swear to God, she said every word of that. But anyways, Megan, perhaps you can bring some clarity to this. Um, what did you think when you first heard about the rumors of her doing the, uh, the coco, as they call it? To be honest? Yes. Since the whole, like, Chris Brown thing? Yes. I haven't really paid much attention to her because she just, she's pulled like a Britney and just, I'm waiting for her to shave her head. Yeah. I'm waiting too, but it worked in the exact opposite. She's actually trajected yes. higher since then. And I, I don't understand how or why. I, I, I mean, as bad as it was, the whole Chris Brown situation, like, yeah. it catapulted her into superstar. It I mean, really she, was a, she was a superstar before. Don't get me wrong. I think she was but on like, the way of superstardom. It was probably just not going to happen. But that fast-tracked yeah. I mean, everyone knows I am. But I, everybody also knows that, like, she's not. She's, she doesn't hide the fact that she. You know that well, she's a bit mischievous. Exactly. She's she's not hid that she hasn't really uh, played into the fact that she should be the quote unquote good girl, as yeah. you know, by her nickname. Right. And she has made it very clear that she she doesn't care if people think that she should be a role model. She's going to act how she wants to act because yeah. she's her own person and nobody's going to tell her what to do. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like when you really think about it, celebrities are, are humans as well. They're, exactly. They're regular people. They just have a lot more zeros at the end of their paycheck than we do. True. <laughs> a lot more zeros, a lot more commas. So she's really not doing, whether she was doing it or not, yeah. she's not doing anything different than the other thousands of people that could have been there doing the exact, exact same, same thing, thing she was. It's which, just, she's Rihanna, so she's getting talked about. Which Whereas if true. it was you and I there doing the same thing she was... Nobody would know about it. What it wouldn't be a do? big thing. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, you know, they're, 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 yeah, they're there. Yeah, they are. Exactly. Exactly. Now, and I, I agree. Um, me, everyone already knows. I'm just not the biggest fan of her just because I feel like she's severely overrated to the 10th degree. <laughs> uh, the whole bad bitch thing, I, I could care less about it. It's a gimmick. I've seen so many artists do it. She's no different. Her singing is average at best. I mean, th- I could go on for days about how much I, I dislike Rihanna, but... I liked her better when she first came out. Oh, yeah, when, when she's she doing, like, Ponder Replay and all exactly. that stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know, she's a cute little innocent Bayesian girl who was so naive to America. It's all it's cute. It's whatever. True. You know, she was more tolerable back then, but now it's all bad girl, this bad... Uh, whatever. Anyways, moving on. Let's, let's change this topic. I feel like a bad taste coming in my mouth already. Speaking of bad taste in their mouth, <laughs> Drizzy Drake... Got one hell of a lip smacker this past weekend at Coachella when the one and only Madonna came to do a surprise performance on his set and ended the set by giving him one hell of a kiss. This kiss was heard and saw all over the world. And it's, it's kind of funny, too, as I was watching it, Jake was you know, trying to get into his little romantic mode, trying to grope her hair a little bit. But then she pulled the hand back down and said, nah, this is, this is my kiss. We're doing it my way kind of thing. So anyways, she did a kiss, and Drake had the most hilarious reaction of life. Like, he just grabbed his mouth and just kind of, like, wanted to wipe the taste out. And I, I can tell just by looking that it looked incredibly awkward oh, yeah. and uncomfortable, to say the least. However, he recently came out with a statement in regards to said kiss. And I quote, don't misinterpret my shock. I got to make out with the Queen Madonna, and I feel 100 about that forever. Megan, are you buying that? No, I'm not. All right. And why so? 
actions speak louder than words. They really do. Like, dude, come on. You looked like you didn't like it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, don't know. Don't try to turn around and, like, make a statement to make her feel better. Like, Madonna, she doesn't care. Exactly. Like, she like she really doesn't. She lets it be known she doesn't care. This is the same woman who took a crucifix and used it within her vaginal region exactly. on a live set. So It's also <laughs> the same woman who kissed Christina Aguilera, mm-hmm. Britney Spears. Dennis Rodman, Tupac Shakur. The list goes on. It's her thing. It's her thing. It is her thing. Which we're not judging. We're not judging at all. Just so you know. But nonetheless, that kiss between them was very awkward, was awkward. to say the least. I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, my, my ultimate crush of all time is Alicia Keys. And if I was on stage on a chair and Alicia Keys bent down and gave me a kiss to that magnitude, I wouldn't do all that, no. wet my mouth. I would probably reenact myself doing the kiss once the kiss was done. And then a good <laughs> 10 seconds later, I'd be like, oh, 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 it's over? Oh, oh, okay, yeah, okay, I didn't know. All right, all right, who wants to do the next song? Yeah, okay. That's what I would do. Not, not, like, no. He looked like he just had a really bad Jagger bomb, and he was just trying to recover from it. But anyways, Drake will be Drake, and he will be as humble as possible for his actions. But nonetheless, I thought it was awkward. And the third topic, Brandon Jennings. Now, troubled basketball player Brandon Jennings, as I like to call him, because he has never recovered from that 55-point game that he had in Milwaukee all those years ago in his rookie season. Uh, he went on Twitter and claimed that Chris Brown is more talented than Michael Jackson. The Michael Jackson. Now, it followed in a series of tweets that I will read verbatim for the audience listening at home and as well for you, Megan. Um, and I quote, <clears throat> I need y'all attention right now because this is my opinion. I believe Chris Brown is way more talented than Michael Jackson. Pardon me. He said way more talented. Never mind what I said. I, anyways, only thing stopped that was stuff outside of music. He is grammatically handicapped. Um, <laughs> the quote goes on. Chris Brown talent is scary, man. Chris Brown danced way better than Michael. Bet on that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Think about this, Chris Brown. If the drama outside of music didn't happen, he would be the biggest star out right now. I don't even know Chris. Talent-wise, though, sheesh. Y'all missing what I'm saying. You two Chris Brown dancing. He can do any dance move. And get on any track. He should be the pop king. I have a lot to say about this, but, Megan, I'm going to give you the floor on this just to break the ice, so to speak. What is your take on these nonsensical, grammatical, airily challenged tweets that he brought out? Wow. You need a dictionary. True. Maybe go back to school. True. He didn't even go to school, and, actually. And that's just, uh. well, go back to high school, maybe. Ah. Uh. <laughs> um, that's, that's just what he tweeted. And I get, I get on Twitter, you only got 140 characters, but. Make it count. Exactly. Maybe make it so that people can actually understand what you're saying and not have to. Uh, look up a dictionary to find out what you're saying. Right. But as far as the actual comments, as a Michael Jackson fan... Say it. Say it. (laughs) I got nothing. Like, do you know who you're talking about? Like, Michael Jackson and Chris Brown. Don't get me wrong. Chris Brown is crazy talented. Mm -hmm. The kid can dance. But his outside stuff has nothing to do with the fact... 
that you're going to be that, that you're not going to be better than Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson had his own outside uh-huh. stuff, yeah. which I'm sorry. That's like which 10, is 10 times, times worse than what you did to Rihanna. Like, don't get me wrong. That like, was pretty that's bad. Not, but that's it, bad. I'm not condoning yeah. it at all. But when you when you like put it in like and, you know, like let's use justice, the justice um, scale scale. Pretty sure how it's tilted one side's higher than the other because mm-hmm. it's Michael Jackson and yeah. Chris Brown. Yeah. Like, dude was accused of inappropriate beings with children almost every year. accounts. You beat a girl once. That has nothing to do with you being the king of pop. It does not. Like, no. Like, Brandon Jennings, don't get me wrong, dude can play ball. But he does not know talent when it comes to nothing but basketball. Clearly. Now, let me... Let and that's me, me being polite on my reaction. Right. <laughs> now, allow me to be the bad cop in this. Um, first of all, I, all I have to say about the tweets are this. <sighs> I had to sip some tea for that one real quick. Um, secondly... I got you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll play that back one more time, actually, just for you. Just for you. There you go. Sip that bad boy. There you go. How that tastes. There you go. Um, now, what I have to say about it is this. Brandon Jennings, are you on crack? Are you on the alleged coke that Rihanna was sniffing at Coachella? Do you have a bad taste in your mouth that Drake experienced when he got that lip locker from Madonna? Are you insane? Now, don't get me wrong. Like, like my friend Megan said, Chris Brown is crazy talented. He can dance. He can sing. He's more or less a good writer. We don't know how much of the songs he writes, but more or less we can depend on the fact that he does write something nonetheless. Tons of charisma, tons of appeal beyond hip-hop. He is pop culture. But to say that this guy is way more talented than Michael, you have to... This man was the standout member of the Jackson 5 when he was the youngest member of that squad. There would be no Jackson 5 if it wasn't Exactly. It's, it's definitely not going to be Jermaine with his greasy head top. Look like he just came out of Popeyes. It's not going to be Janet who got a... a, a, a an iron on her back on the episode of Good Times. It's not going to be Latoya with her non-talent having ass. And it's definitely not going to be Tito, whom we thought was Mexican when we first heard of his name. Jackson made a name for himself off of Motown 25 when he first did the moonwalk. That is when he catapulted to the stratosphere. Not to mention, he had rock with you back then. He had multiple hits with Quincy Jones. He did Thriller, for God's sake. Thriller! Thriller! He did Thriller! He had the most, arguably the most iconic music video of all time when that dropped in 1984. Off the Wall was an amazing record. Even when he had the whole uh, um, vitiligo thing going on, he was still able to maintain his fan base. He had some questionable plastic surgery, some questionable cases with, you know, some kids and what have you. We'll, we'll, we'll brush this to the side because that's nothing to do with talent. Every album this man put out was a banger. It was classic. It was widely received. And the emotion that he was, in, that he was able to invoke from the audience, it's nothing like we've ever seen before from anyone of any genre. Never mind Elvis. Never mind Madonna. Never mind Jay-Z. Never mind Tupac. Never mind Yo-Yo Ma. Never mind anybody. The amount of them. I have seen grown men cry. Cry. Women like Kevin said, because women are more in tune with their emotions. I, I get that. But men, big, burly men just crying, trying to reach out to, to MJ himself, just cry. That right there is an intangible. That right there alone catapults him higher than anyone. And it's going to be a very, very, very long time before anyone can reach that. I will say this, though, in regards to Chris Brown. 
there was a point in time where he could have been the standard bearer for R&B music. Had that outside situation not happened, and he would have been more well-received by the public, he wouldn't have been blackballed. He may have had a Grammy under his belt by now, maybe 10, 20, who knows? And maybe, just maybe, R&B wouldn't have turned into this Tuggy Tug, Ratchet, and Soul Affair that has all these R&B singers acting like thugs pretending to be rappers and wanting to uh, serenade and, and profess their loves to strippers. So, Brandon Jennings, what you need to do is you need to focus on rehabbing that knee that you tore in the middle of the season. You need to focus on making the Detroit Pistons relevant again because they haven't been relevant since the, the, the 2000s era. And also... You need to focus on getting the contract you deserve rather than the one that you demanded, like the one that you demanded from Milwaukee as opposed to being a max player because you are far from a max player. Your attitude is at max, but your play is at minimum at best. So please keep your thoughts to yourself and please keep your tweets monetized because you have no filter and that is something that you are surely lacking. And on that note, Megan, it's time to get old school. You forgot the fact that Beast of Yano is going to be lacking two million. Thank you, thank you. See th- this guy, this guy right here. You know what? Ooh. You got a cool drop just for that. <laughs> you got my back, and I appreciate that. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Beast of Yano. Now she is in the news uh, mainly because of the fact that she lost a court case to the ex-wife of Donald Sterling, Shelley Sterling, and she is ordered to pay a whopping, pardon me, two point six million dollars in things that she is owed. Now. She won this case mainly because of a technicality. V. Stiviano was messing around with Don Sterling uh, while he was still legally married to Shelly Sterling. Therefore, the money that Donald spent on V... What does the V stand for, anyway? Anyways. I can't remember. I, oh, you actually heard what it meant? Yeah. Oh, I wow. I can't remember, though. Anyways. The money that he spent on V was counted as community property because of the fact that he was still married to Shelly. I don't know how that works. I'm not a lawyer. Um, Hopefully someone will explain that to me. But nonetheless, I found that quite interesting. Anyways, um, here's a sample size of the things that were bought during this time. It doesn't equate to the entire $2.6 million, but just a little small little morsel size. And I just want to read this just for my own enjoyment. $925 for dry cleaning. $843 $843 for skin treatment, a.k.a. that plastic. Um, <laughs> I'm a jerk. Um, Looks like a cat. Right. Um, $695 for Chanel thong sandals. Hold on, flip-flops? Yes. All right. There's more later on. Um, $391 for an Easter bunny costume. $354 for birthday cake. $299 for a two-speed blender, because you got to have a two-speed. You can't just have a one-speed. What is she blending? Because I'm pretty sure she probably had she's, help. She's blending the talent that she doesn't have is what she's trying to blend. Um, $140. This one was kind of surprising because of the price. $140 for Kobe 8 system Nike basketball shoes. I thought those were worth much more, but I guess she got them on discount. Um, or she has small True. $12 for a lace thong. And here's the kicker right here. One whopping dollar for a donation to St. Jude's Ch- Children's Research Hospital as part of a purchase at a CVS store. Now. <laughs> oh, like when you're at the, you're at CVS and you buy your stuff and they say, oh, would you like to donate? It yeah. Up? I'm thinking like, please tell me she did not actually just decide I'm going to donate. I, I know. That's what I thought too at first. That, uh, that's why I was ready to rip into her. But nonetheless, this whole thing has to be lightheaded. Uh, Megan, what is your take on this lawsuit? 
I mean, she deserves it, maybe? This is kind of like her karma? I, I mean... I don't really know, because at the end of the day, she... She ratted out a, a, a known racist. I mean, I'm not a big fan it, of her, because she's kind of dim-witted. Actually, seems. I take that back. She doesn't... This is not karma, because at the end of the day, like, Shelly Sterling, like, you, you knew this was happening. Y- yeah! yeah thank Why you. did... So, okay. And this yeah, is what, this no, is what I, I take say. it back. She doesn't... She. It's not karma. It, Shelly Sterling knew this was happening. You know what it is? It's Shelly being petty. Petty at the fact that... But that's why they're billionaires. They did stuff like this. There's, but, they, it's been known that the Sterlings did stuff like this to their, their tenants of their, their apartments that yeah. they owned. Um, and and things like that. Like they, they found loopholes within the law mm-hmm. so that they could end up suing people who don't have money for money they don't have. So this doesn't even surprise me. But it's, it's petty at the end of the day because at the end of the day... They sold a worthless Clippers team at the time that they bought in 1980, whatever. That was only worth what, $12 million. And they flipped it for $2 they- billion. They should be laughing right now. But no, she wants to get an extra measure of revenge for what? For a girl who probably doesn't even have a GED at the very least? I mean, I'm no fan of V. Stiviano, but I got to be objective, man. I mean, this, this is petty. It is. It's petty at best. Like, let her be. But like, it is a, it's the sterling way. I guess so it is, man. But anyways... With that being said, now it is time to get old school. My friend, are you ready to get old school? Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for that throwback Thursday track of the day. Let's hit that real quick. Yeah, buddy. You already know what it is. Hit me up on Twitter, at DM underscore cool, and let me know what you want to be played for the throwback Thursday track of the day. Now, lately, I've kind of been in a early 2000s mood, so to speak. And even around this time, R&B was still R&B. You still had, your, you still had a couple of classic hits, man. You, Usher was probably entering his prime at that time. Yep. Avant had a one-two single here and there. Uh, Jason Cozier was, was a uh, relatively newcomer around that time as well, too. There are plenty of good songs at that time. And this one is by no obsession, up, ups, exception. Pardon me. Um, this track came out when I was in the eighth grade. Actually, God, I'm old. And... Um, I probably wasn't supposed to be watching this video at the time, but I did anyway. I mean, it wasn't bad, but for my age group, it was probably, you know, PG-13, I would say, at best. But nonetheless, we're about to play this track right now. This song came out in 2001, and this is from an artist by the name of Case. This is his single, Not Your Friend. And when we get back, we have the Wankster of the Week. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. The Overtime Edition, ladies and gentlemen, the Overtime Edition. Keep it locked. Yeah. What's going on, people? It's your boy, Femi Lassen, and man, me. It's your man, Bo Pinto, at Bo Pinto. J-Hood from the Toronto Argos. You are now tuned in. Cool! Cool! Radio 91.9 FM. It's an amazing interview. I had an amazing experience. I had an amazing time. The best radio show experiences I've had ever. Stay tuned for the hottest in news, hip-hop, entertainment, and everything. Every Thursday at 8 p.m. Big shout-out to DM Cool. Good vibes. Love you, man. You're famous. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. You are now tuned into CFRE 91.9 FM. It is your man, DM Cool. And you're now tuned into Cool Radio. I still got my homegirl, Megan McPeak, in the building. Say what's up. How's it going? You already know. And her mic sounds very clear. I can hear the feedback and everything. We apologize for the technical difficulties earlier on. But nonetheless, we are here. This is the overtime edition of Cool Radio, as I affectionately like to call it. And... With that being said, it is that time of the show that you have all been waiting for. Ladies and gentlemen, who will enter the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who 
will be the captain of coonery, as I call it. Ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, it is time for Wankster of the Week. So let's drop that real quick. This week's Wankster of the Week goes to none other than a gentleman by the name of Clay Bone Sloan. Now, you are probably wondering, who in the hell is this jabroni? And why is he the wankster? I will tell you why he's a wankster. But before that, a little bit of a backstory, if you don't mind. Now, last week I gave the wankster to a gentleman by the name of K.J. Simpson because he was responsible for starting a GoFundMe program to bail Suge Knight out of jail for the hit and run. <laughs> Yo, <you're, laughs> I see you making laughing at me right now. I, it, it, this is true. Yes. For a hit and run incident that involved a gentleman by the name of Terry. I can't remember his last name. Part, ter, yeah, Terry something. Pardon me. Excuse me. Well. By the name of Terry. And the other person who was involved in a hit and run was Claybone Sloan. Now, you're probably thinking, okay, he's one of the victims. Why would you give him the wankster for being in a hospital bed? I'm going to tell you why. He is a wankster. He is a wankster this week because of the fact that he refuses to testify against Suge Knight in the hit and run incident. His words is that he will not snitch on him. I know. I know. Bear with me, folks. Bear with me. I will try to get through this with you as much as I possibly can because my blood pressure is rising as I am discussing this. Now, He testified on Monday stating the following, and I quote, I don't want it to get misconstrued that I told on this man. I'm no snitch. I will not be used to send Suge Knight to prison. And then he continues on to say in in blissful ignorance, and I quote, I've been trying to forget the whole incident. I just know I screwed up and Terry's dead. (sighs) And he just... Let me just compose myself for a minute. Um, first and foremost, this whole stop stitching campaign BS needs to end right now in hip hop, in America, in black America especially. Because first and foremost, you are not snitching Clay Bone Anthony, is if that's what your OG looks call you from the west side. Um, you are not snitching on them because of the fact that there is videotape of Suge Knight running you over Backing up into you as if Suge Knight was bumping move, bitch, get out of the way from Ludacris circa 2004. There's also footage of him running violently over the man in question, Terry. So you would not be snitching. You would just be confirming what the video has already shown. All right. That's one thing. Second of all, this is a guy who has gone in and out of jail more times than the Trump Hotel revolving door for customers. Okay, he has gone in and out of jail more times than V. Steviano in Don Sterling's bedroom. Okay, this is a man that is being convicted for so many things, yet for some reason, like he has a get out of jail free card, he is allowed to breathe the very same air and oxygen that I get to breathe as a law abiding citizen, and that goes the same for Megan as well, too. That is someone that I do not want in these streets. Okay, and it is up to you, as well as any other witnesses involved. That you testify against him. And then he says also, like I like repeated, uh, I just know that I screwed up and Terry's dead. No, you didn't screw up at all. Suge Knight screwed up for not handling his business like a sane person would. Not by taking it to the streets, riding in my low rider, in my 6'4", whatever these people are saying these days. No, he didn't have to do that. He could have just said, hey, buddy, let's talk about this. But no, he had to go gangster on them and run them over. 
So Clay, Bone Stone, Bone Thugs and Harmony, Nick Knack, Paddywhack, Give a Dog a Bone, whatever you're calling yourself, just know this. You are, you could be an accessory to crime. I don't know what crime there was committed, what, what you know, relation you have in regards to a possible allegation to that. I don't care. But the fact that this guy ran you over and you're saying you don't want to snitch on them. Dude, he ran you over. I, I've, I've defriended people for lesser reasons. So I would assume just out of common knowledge alone or common sense alone, which a lot of people are lacking, by the way, yep. is that you would just do the right thing and say that, yes, this guy snitched or sorry, this guy ran over me at this approximate time because of X, X, Y, and Z. The worst incidents, incidents of stop snitching that I have heard up until now was when Cameron was on 60 Minutes in a candid interview with Anderson Cooper, one of the most, you know, uh, respected journalists in the business, was asking him a question about whether or not he would snitch on a serial killer that lived next door to him. And Cameron said, no, I wouldn't. And then he would say, and then Cooper said, even he was living next, next door to you with kids in the neighborhood, Cameron said the following, and I quote, if I knew there was a serial killer who lived right beside me, I'd probably just move. That was the worst thing that I have ever heard as far as the stop stitching thing, which was eight years ago up until now. This is the worst, mainly because of the fact that as opposed to a proposed, you know, hypothesized incident that could happen, this did happen. And this guy's saying he won't snitch, despite the fact that there's video footage, despite the fact that he broke several bones in your body and you had to pay X amount of money in hospital bills because I know Obamacare ain't doing a whole lot to cover half of that shit. This guy's getting the wankster, and he's probably top five wankster all year. And I just noticed that the wanksters each week keep on upping up the ante as if they're listening to my show, and they're saying, nah, I got to be more of a bigger coon than this guy. This guy's taking the cake. I don't know who's going to take it any week beyond that, but nonetheless, he's getting the wankster. Um, Clay, knick-knack, paddywhack, give a dog a bone, wishbone, slash bone thugs and harmony, slash OG, loke bone, triple loke, G, loke bone. Do you deserve this wankster? Of course you do. With that being said, I'm going to drop it like this. Megan, your thoughts, please. I think you covered it. I'm, I'm pretty sure you covered it I, I don't understand. Like, it makes no sense. The dude could have killed you and you don't. I don't understand yeah. what's wrong with... St- I. Is it because we're Canadian? I, I, I don't understand this whole stop stitching thing. I don't understand. Like, to that extent... Like, I understand there are some people who are, are scared for their lives and, you know, they don't want to be relocated and have to change their lives and everything. There's witness protection. I get that. I get that. But this guy damn near killed you anyway. He tried to kill you. So you may as well just snitch anyway, right? Yeah, like, I don't... I'm as lost as you are on that. Like, I don't get it. It makes no sense. To me, it makes no sense. Because, like you said, like, he, he killed your friend and attempted to kill you. By running you over with like a five-ton car and, and, as a deadly weapon. You know what the joke is? And there's video footage. All you're doing is corroborating the video footage. Uh, the, the joke is is that he feels as though he's responsible for it. That it's his fault that he got ran over and that this other guy got ran over. That he angered Suge Knight to act like a little child and, and run over him. I, 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 I can't deal. I can't deal. Not at all. Um, I can't deal. I just can't. 
Megan, wh- what's the future looking like for you right now as far as Brampton A's, NBL, all that good stuff? Well, uh, with it being the off season, we'll, uh, we'll get things going in a couple months, make sure everything's set up for next season. I, uh, I'm hoping that I'll still have a job next season. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Your job security, I, I, I'm confident is safe. But anyways. Hey, at the end of the day, you always, you always got to be mindful that on any given Sunday, your job can be taken. This is true. So, it's very true. You know, I'm just, uh, I'm going to keep going, keep trucking, keep grinding, mm-hmm. as, as everybody's been doing. Absolutely. And then ho- hopefully the next time we talk, I'll be at ESPN. <laughs> you already know. And as always, you will bring your A game. <laughs> So most definitely, thank you for coming through. You are welcome to come through anytime. Hit me up. We will make it happen again. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, man. This is a blast. This is definitely a blast. Uh, I think I'm heating up a little bit just because of my latest tirade. But nonetheless, it was all good. It was all worth it. Um, ladies and gentlemen, tune in next week. We have another live edition of Cool Radio, as we always do. Uh, make sure you follow us on SoundCloud to catch all full episodes on audio, whether it be at home or on the go. Follow us on SoundCloud at Cool underscore Radio. Subscribe to us on YouTube for all the video clips and what have you. Again, Cool underscore Radio. Follow us on Twitter cool underscore radio and follow yours truly mr dm cool at dm underscore cool viewers discretion will be out may 4th please believe that and on that note ladies and gentlemen it's time for you all to embrace tonight as we sign off on this overtime edition of of uh cool radio oh and before we go actually because playoffs is just around the corner actually i need your prediction i need your expertise um the raptors versus the wizards um do they win this series and if they do in how many games Uh-oh. I apologize, Toronto, but no. You don't think they're going to win? Really? Why? I got to know. When, why, the Wizards are a tough matchup for them. I mean, it, out of, out of what, it, what it could have been with Milwaukee and Washington, mm-hmm. Washington is the better matchup. But they're still a tough matchup. Um, and and the, the Raptors, as of late, haven't – I mean, yeah, they had a good game – yesterday but as of late mm-hmm. they haven't been able to string together consistent well-played yeah. start to finish four quarters of mm-hmm. basketball and that's that's been the one thing that's been their Achilles heel all season yeah is that they went on this awesome run to start the season and then all of a sudden it was it was a roller coaster through the rest of the season up and down up and down mm-hmm. they were never able to string together a consistent four quarters of basketball and mm-hmm. when it comes to the playoffs which i call the real season of, of the nba mm-hmm. that's what you have to do for 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 three games in a five game series for four games in a seven game series you have to put together 48 full minutes of basketball and right now the raptors have not been able to do that consistently mm-hmm. that's the main thing that i'm saying that they're not going to win the series is consistently yeah they have not been putting together 48 minutes mm-hmm could they sneak out the series? Of course. Mm-hmm. It's the playoffs. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. But I think when it comes down to it, I think home court is going to help them mm-hmm. to start the series. But I still think that the, the Wizards are going to pull it out in, in a full series. It's going to go to the full, I think. Okay. I will say this. If this was against Chicago or, or Cleveland, for example, I'd agree with you 100%. The Raptors have gone on a roller coaster ride. They've been very inconsistent. That has been their Achilles heel, yes. But that's been the Achilles heel of the Wizards as well. The Raptors from a from a head to head matchup, they've got them three zero. Yeah, they, that, they got the three zero. I'm not. That's even, the regular. I'm season. not even mentioning <laughs> that though. Never mind that. We'll sweep that to the rug. 
third-ranked offense in the NBA versus a 19th-ranked offense for the Wizards. However, the Wizards have a fifth-ranked defense versus a 23rd-ranked defense for the Raptors. So they, it's, a, it's a contrast of styles. But they also have a guy by the name of Paul Pierce. Listen, I'm not worried about <laughs> I'm not worried about old man Pierce. Okay, his the his glory is proven done. He's proven time and yes. time again that the old man genes still work. But it's you so know what? Though? TNT did that old man game. I know it's hilarious. Last year though, Pierce proved effective against Raptors because we had no one to cover him. We had we had no. But answer now they've got him. James Johnson. There you go. So we. But the thing is, is how consistent can he be? Because he's been inconsistent as well. But that's only because his minutes have gone down because of Dwayne Casey. So I expect Dwayne Casey to use his trump card in Johnson in that regard. Consistency starts from the top. This is, this is very true. Um, also, above all else as well, I don't see a lot of particular good ball movement amongst the Wizards as I do see with the Raptors when they are at their best. When the Raptors do their little ISO game, they, it's, it's 50-50. But when they are sharing the ball, they they're can hard wet, to stop. they're very hard to stop. And against the Wizards as well. I see no problem with that. Um, I see the Raptors going small ball because of the fact that Gortat and Nate, Nate probably won't be able to keep up with them, especially within transition and especially with their age as well. But they probably will beat us on the boards. I see that happening. That's going to be inevitable, if anything. Now, I'm not saying this because I'm a Raptor fanatic, I, but from, a, from an observational standpoint, if the Raptors play like they did at the beginning of the season, which could be somewhat of a, a tall task, but nonetheless, it is playoffs, so now it's time to put up or shut up. I could see them winning the series. Best case scenario, six games. Worst case scenario, seven games. I also think, too, DeMar, DeMar wants to prove. Yes. Yes. And I love it when DeMar embraces Which it. I'm Which I'm fine with if, yeah. if they end up winning the series and I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But I, I want DeMar to prove what he wants to prove because he's gotten in the playoffs. He's had a rough season. Mm-hmm. I think he wants, some, he wants to prove that he is – an all-star player. Yeah, he wants vindication. And I don't blame him one bit of it. Because I, I love his humility, but at the same time, I love him when that, that aggression comes out as well. When he gives him that, that, that mean face or whatever, I love it. I love that it. That Compton mean mug. There you go. There you go. And on that note, now it's time to go, ladies and gentlemen. We apologize. You know, two ball heads get going at it. You already know what it is. But anyways, again, tune in next week. We got a live show set up for you, planned. But it's time to go. Once again, it is your man, DM Koo. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace.